0: The midterm elections are less than a week away, and once again, Arizona voters will play an outsized role in determining the nation's political direction. The focus on Arizona inevitably revives interest in the baseless election denialism that has defined Republican candidates across the country, but especially in this state.
1: Conspiracy theories. Yeah. John, if I thought there was widespread fraud, yes. would I have certified the election or been part of that certification process?
0: You seem like you're playing a little bit of a double game. I have no problem with people raising questions. What I have a problem with is people raising questions in bad faith. And when we clearly answer those questions and when we debunk those conspiracy theories, those election deniers continue to spread lies. That's what I have a problem with. We asked Fincham for credible proof of fraud. He raised not evidence, but those questions from the state Senate audit. And it was a pleasure to put Mark Kelly on the ropes.
2: Yeah, no, he, he didn't, he's terrible, and you were excellent. Well, you thank you. Uh, how do you feel? How do you feel about
0: People have been voting by mail or in person in Arizona for weeks. But next week, it all gets a lot more intense. After last year's state Senate Republicans ordered a partisan review of ballots in Maricopa County, and after nearly two full years, of former President Donald Trump falsely claiming widespread fraud in Arizona, the state's election officials will face their biggest test, maybe ever. Welcome to The Gaggle, an Arizona politics podcast by the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com. I'm your host, Ron Hansen. I cover national politics for the Republic. Today we're joined by Republic reporters Sasha Hupka and Mary Jo Pitzel. They're going to talk us through how voting is shaping up as of now and what complications are already evident. Mary Jo, Sasha, welcome to the show.
2: Thanks for having us. Glad to be here.
0: Okay, so voting in Arizona has been a major source of controversy already. We've seen people monitoring ballot drop boxes, sometimes armed, and efforts to block that. We've also seen officials in Cochise County go back and forth over counting ballots by hand. And we've had major candidates, most notably Republican gubernatorial candidate, Carrie Lake, lean in on the threat of a stolen election, though there's no credible evidence of it. Let's start with the big picture here, ladies. Are this year's elections on track for another fair and professional showing?
1: Well, I would say at this point, it appears so, um, at least from talking to the elections professionals, the people in the 15 counties who run the elections. I would note that, you know, in the more than two weeks of voting that so far We haven't really heard reports of ballots being stolen, things being taken out of mailboxes. The Dropbox watchers have gotten a lot of attention, you know, mostly because they're out there watching, filming, sometimes showing up armed, as you noted. But I'm unaware of any reports to law enforcement that they have found any kind of suspected illegal activity. And I will note that our Attorney General, Mark Brinovich, while he's still in the middle of an investigation into problems with the 2020 election in Maricopa County. He went on 60 Minutes this past weekend, he said, to give people confidence that they can cast their ballots in this year's election and be confident that everything will be fine.
0: Okay, so we've talked already about a couple different issues, but let's take them one at a time now, and we'll start in Maricopa County, which is, of course, by far Arizona's major population center. Sasha, in Maricopa County, The concerns haven't been about counting ballots, but about casting them. People are posted outside the drop boxes and they're surveying both staff and voters. Where are these people from and what are the concerns they have at this point?
2: So the people we've seen at the drop boxes here in Maricopa County have largely been from a group called Clean Elections USA. And it's important to note that that group is run by a woman, Melanie Jennings, out of Oklahoma. And it's not an organized, really, group of any sort. Um, It doesn't have any legal standing as an organization. But via social media, it appears that Jennings has managed to organize this effort to watch over drop boxes in Maricopa County. And that includes photographing voters, filming voters, kind of serving as a deterrent to would-be ballot mules, as she puts it. And really, it's been largely driven by conspiracies emerging from 2,000 Mules, which, as you probably already know, is a widely debunked documentary um, produced by a conservative activist from a group called True the Vote. So these people really are just on the hunt for ballot mules, as they're putting it. And they would be referring those people to law enforcement is the, the idea behind this effort. The problem is that Arizona law allows a voter to return multiple ballots under certain circumstances. So, for instance, if you are married and your spouse fills out a ballot and is a voter in Maricopa County, and you also are a voter in Maricopa County, you might be able to take both your ballot and your spouse's ballot to a ballot drop box and drop those off legally. That's not ballot harvesting. That's returning a ballot legally under Arizona law.
0: So mindful of all this, what has been the reaction from the county board of supervisors or other county officials about the way these ballots are being monitored by these groups?
2: They have very vocally asked the ballot drop box monitors to stop. They've asked them several times to stop. Both the chairman of the county board of supervisor, Bill Gates, who is a Republican, and then also the county recorder, Stephen Richer, also a Republican, have said, please stop filming and photographing voters at these drop boxes because the county is getting reports of voter intimidation that they are then having to forward to the Secretary of State's office. Sheriff Paul Penzone, who is a Democrat, has said that he is limited in what he can do by the law and also by the fact that he is extremely understaffed. But he has said that his deputies will be monitoring uh, ballot drop box monitors to ensure that There's no issues between them and voters to ensure that they stay 75 feet away from the drop boxes.
0: And let's go over whether this has actually been determined to be voter intimidation. Has anyone in law enforcement, in court, has there been any effort to assess whether these monitors are complying with the law to this point?
2: There are two ongoing lawsuits. Involved here. Both of them ask for injunctions that would essentially halt the ability of the Dropbox monitors to film and photograph voters um, or carry weapons near the voting locations. And those lawsuits are ongoing. Federal Judge Michael Liberty declined to issue an injunction in one of those cases, saying that it was too broad and that it would trample on the defendants' First Amendment rights. Um, and that case is now an appeals court. The other case is still under consideration, and we're expecting an evidentiary hearing this week on that. It's worth noting, though, that election officials have been alarmed enough by this that they've forwarded complaints of voter intimidation to the Secretary of State's office. And the Secretary of State's office has forwarded those complaints to the Department of Justice. So this is certainly being investigated as instances of voter intimidation.
0: OK, so one of the most memorable questions surrounding the 2020 election as it played out in the 2021 ballot review was the mistaken use of blue pens while handling ballots. And this was a a source of concern to conservatives and Trump allies that somehow these ballots were being defaced or somehow using the wrong kind of uh, writing instrument that was allowing the ballots to be effectively spoiled. In a way that was intentional by liberals or election officials who wanted Donald Trump to lose, I guess, if that was the theory. But the issue of the kind of pen that you use around ballots and the potential for spoiling them by using the wrong kind of pen, that's a serious matter. What, if anything, has changed on that front this time?
2: Well, I can say anecdotally that when I've been in the elections department, I've been asked specifically to only use red pen while taking notes because tabulators can't read red ink. And my understanding is that the Maricopa County Elections Department uses only red pen to to mark the ballots currently. Um, but pens is something that we've seen as a really big issue, including at the voting booth. When you get your mail-in ballot in Maricopa County, you can use a blue or black ballpoint ink pen to mark that. In fact, that's the type of utensil that election officials encourage voters to use. But at polling places, they actually provide pens that are felt tip to voters to use on those ballots. County officials say that felt tip pens dry faster than ballpoint ink, and that's important because they need to be able to put the ballots that you fill out in person through the tabulator on site immediately after you vote. Mail-in ballots have more time to dry. And there's been a huge amount of misinformation and concern over what pen voters should use. During the August primary, we saw that some voters started stealing felt-tip pens from voting locations um, and replacing them with ballpoint pens. So we also saw that some of the felt-tip pens that the county had provided for voters to use during the primary smeared on the ballot. And so this time around, the county is providing a new type of felt-tip pen. This one is a paper mate instead of a Pentel. They believe that it will dry a little bit faster, prevent some of those smearing problems we saw last time around, and they're asking voters to still please use that pen and not a ballpoint pen that they bring to the polls themselves.
0: Okay. So we shift from pens to hands. Mary Jo, let's talk about Cochise County. Uh, They have injected themselves into a bit of controversy uh, late in the cycle now. What is playing out in Cochise County as it relates to tabulating ballots?
1: Well, all this month in Cochise County, they've been going back and forth about doing a hand count of ballots that are cast um, on November 8th or before November 8th as well. It started off as a desire from two of the board members. It's a three-member board. Two of them wanted to count every race on every ballot and have that done as a check on the machine count. There's This feeds into the fact that there's a lot of people who say they have distrust of the machine, the tabulation machines, and a hand count would provide sort of an audit we saw how that worked out with the ballot review that the State Senate did. Um, they did not match, and in fact, um, the Senate Senate President Karen Fan even ordered that they buy some paper counting machines to double check the hand count. Nonetheless, this has gone back and forth. The uh, Secretary of State's office intervened and told the board, look, if you proceed with this plan, we're going to sue you because you have no legal authority. That came only after the board's own attorney was telling them repeatedly during a rather prolonged hearing that you don't have any statutory authority to hand count every single ballot. Um, so things have bounced around. There was a vote a week ago, 10 days ago, where they said, okay, we'll, we'll just do a hand count of what people believe was a smaller pool of ballots. Then controversy erupted about how was that interpreted Long story short, where we're at right now is that the board believes that it will be hand-counting every ballot, but only four races as allowed by law. The Secretary of State's office says that's not allowed by law. Their attorney um, has said, nope, this isn't allowed by law. He will not defend the board if they proceed with this. Nonetheless, the plan and the vote last week was to proceed with the hand count.
0: So let's talk about a hand count for just a moment How long will that take, and is it more accurate in the end?
1: The hand count, if you listen to recorder David Stevens, who is in charge of doing this hand count because the county elections director, A, has an election to run, and B, does not agree with this plan. Stevens says he can get this done in three to five days by November 18th, which will be in time for the county to get its election results over to the Secretary of State for the statewide campus. That was one of the stipulations that the Secretary of State asked for. Most people find that very hard to believe. There'll probably be at least 50,000-plus ballots cast, four races on each one that they're going to have to go back and take a look at. And the record on hand-counting, as we saw, with again, with the Senate's ballot review, it took months. And, of course, that was for a much larger pool of ballots, but just two races. So it remains to be seen, you know, how much time this will take, or most importantly, even if it will happen. There could be a lawsuit, uh, probably most likely. Also, the county board chairman, who is a Democrat, said, look, uh, I'm going to urge, you know, my fellow Democrats to just not participate. Any kind of hand count has to be done by uh, at least two parties. You can't have more than 75% of your hand count review board be from the same party. So she's urging the Democrats to just back out. At this point, we don't know what path is going to be taken.
0: All of this begs a really curious question. What happens if they can't complete this hand count, if that's what they do, by the deadline for submitting their official canvas?
1: It would appear, given what the county agreed with the Secretary of State, that they would get this done in time for the canvas. If it's not done, I guess they won't submit it.
0: So does that mean that the votes are just not part of the formal totals, and especially for these statewide candidates, would Cochise County not be part of the formal final results?
1: Oh, no, no, they would, they, because the machine count of the ballots will be forwarded on by the Elections Department. Whether Stevens can pull off this hand count in the time that's allotted that they've agreed to remains to be seen. And it's also important to note that, you know, hand counting, um, as I referenced earlier, isn't the most precise way to do things, Um, despite what a lot of people think. It'll be a good check on the machine count. Chances are very, very, very good that they won't match. And then that adds more confusion, which really gets to the heart of the question of, you know, why are we doing this? Is it really because of distrust or is it to give people an argument to hang on to if I don't know. Their favorite candidate doesn't win.
0: More confusion, just what we wanted. Okay, last question for you both. Election denialism is still going around, even as we're in the midst of a completely different election. It's been a topic that some candidates have completely hitched their campaign to. How is that going to affect when we will see results for next week's elections?
2: I think the first thing to know about results is that It generally in every election, because of Arizona law, takes counties at least five business days after the election to actually be able to report full results. And that's because state law gives people five business days to cure any questionable signatures on their ballot. And it also requires that they take that time to determine whether or not provisionals should be counted. So they cannot count provisionals until after they've counted everything else. And so all of that tends to delay full results a little bit. What you usually see in the kind of election night and then the immediate days after are media outlets calling the races because the margins are far enough apart that those votes that have yet to be counted because of state law won't change the result one way or the other. So part of this question depends on how tight the races are. And I think that polling seems to suggest right now that a lot of our statewide races are going to be very tight. There's a new state law that went into effect regarding automatic recounts between primary and now, and that new law says that the standard of a margin for an automatic recount went from a tenth of a percent, so a very, very small number, to a half of a percent. And that seems like a really small difference, but again, depending on how tight these races are that could mean that we're seeing a lot more automatic recounts than we normally would i think that it's pretty clear in the way that county officials here in maricopa county are discussing this that they are very much so gearing up kind of for a wave of election denialism and a wave of misinformation following election day They have a whole new communication strategy that includes doing weekly press conferences and trying to share, quote unquote, their facts about how the election is run to counteract narratives that I think they expect are coming down the pipeline in the coming weeks.
1: And I would add that if there are any recounts that are automatically triggered, those can't happen until after the election results are canvassed on December 5th. And then there's a whole process that you have to go through to do an automatic recount. So anybody who's thinking they're going to get a nice December vacation might want to have a second think on that.
0: Oh boy, my wife will not like that answer. That is life in a swing state. Well, thank you both for joining us. Uh, Mary Jo and Sasha, if listeners want to keep up with your work on Twitter, where can they find you?
1: At Mary J. Pitzel, P-I-T-Z-L.
2: And I'm at Sasha Hupka. My last name is H as an umbrella, P-K-A.
0: Very good. That is it for today, Gaggle listeners. Don't forget to rate and review our show and share it with a friend. If you want to reach out to me on Twitter, I'm at Ronald J. Hansen. That's H-A-N-S-E-N. Today's episode was edited and produced by Amanda Luberto. You can follow her at Amanda Luberto. That's L-U-B-E-R-T-O. Thanks for listening to The Gaggle, a podcast from the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com. We'll see you next week for Election Day.